We would like to welcome you to our weekly broadcast of Harvest Worship Center's Sunday morning celebration service. We hope and pray that you will receive something from the Lord today. And we ask you to stay tuned at the end of the message for more information concerning our church. Again, thank you for joining us today. Amen. You can be seated. Look at somebody beside you and say, guess what? We all together this morning. Amen. We putting the family back together. Ten thirty start time. Some of y'all got some of y'all that went to the early service got a little extra sleep today. Amen. Amen. We're looking for some good things in twenty twenty three. I'm looking for God to do some mighty things. And so today begins our days of consecration. And for the next three weeks, we will be entering a time of prayer, fasting, uh, the Word of God. Things kind of slow down on the calendar a little bit. We. Uh, our focus in our events uh, is going to be towards this and about this uh, for the next few weeks. And it is a time that we set aside as a church to say, Lord, we don't want to go a step into this year without the presence and the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you feel that way, just kind of wave a little bit and say, that's me. I, I want God's Spirit. I need His leading and His direction and His guidance. I don't want to do anything that, that the Lord uh, doesn't direct us to do this year. So I've got some thoughts I want to share with you. Um, and there's a, this is a three-part sermon we're going to deal with over the next three weeks. And the first part of this, we're going to be talking about a joyous journey. I think a lot of times we forget the joy of the journey. We get so bogged down sometimes with, with, with life and, and the situations that we face, we forget that this is not supposed to be a burden. Jesus said, if you come to him, he says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Amen. And so many of us, we, we put an unnecessary burden on our lives. We put an unnecessary yoke on our lives and we allow ourselves to struggle where we don't need to struggle. We allow ourselves to carry things that Jesus is saying all along. If you would just cast that at my feet, I'll carry it for you. If you would just trust in me. How many times in the Old Testament do we see him declare, be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that my presence is with you. So I, I don't know about you, but it's hard to believe that another year has come and gone. It, Anybody, uh, as a matter of fact, uh, we're in the middle of watching the ball game. Usually we're watching the ball drop. We were praying one would drop to the right or the left, and it did, thank the Lord. But anyhow, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, uh, so we usually do. And so then all of a sudden we look down and said, oh, wait, it's it's a minute past. Happy New Year. And so we pause the TV, and we always pray the New Year in. So we stop to pray and say, God, wait a minute. Or you're more important than a game. We want we want the presence of the Lord this year. I want the presence of the Lord. And 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 Jim, I, I'm just going to kind of reaffirm uh, as a witness to what you said this morning. That's where God's got me. I just want Jesus. I'm seeking Jesus. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. I don't know, but I just want his presence more real in my life this year than it's ever been before. And I've been serving the Lord a long time, but I want to know him better. Amen? Uh, I want to search his wonders. So it's hard to believe many of you have been uh, on this journey at Harvest for several years. For some, it seems like a lifetime. And for others, it may just seem like a few moments. Uh, for, in other words, uh, some have just joined us over the last year or last two years uh, since uh, the pandemic has went uh, and came about. But what, regardless of that, I am thankful for our forever family this morning. Aren't you thankful for that this morning? I'm thankful for God to place you in our lives, and I'm, I'm, I'm so thrilled that we have a good church family. Amen? Is it dysfunctional? Absolutely. 
Absolutely, I'm in a forever dysfunctional family. You know why? Because every family's dysfunctional. Oh, no, our family's perfect. Lying, lying, lying. So every family's dysfunctional. It's just to what degree? Um, there's not a perfect family on this earth, and there's not a... You know, Jesus' family was dysfunctional. People get nervous when I say that. He wasn't dysfunctional, but he had some really crazy siblings. Read the Bible, okay? They didn't buy into him. They didn't believe him until after his death and his resurrection. They didn't really start following him and believing he was the Messiah. And so, I mean, you think about it. How many of you got an older brother or sister? What if they looked at you one day and they said, hey, guess what? I'm the son of God. I'm the daughter. You'd be like, yeah, right. <laughs> so, you know, well, mom says I am. You know, anyway. Um, you know, we, we, we would struggle with that too. His brothers and sisters struggled with that too. Just like all families, we experience all kinds of things. We experience mountaintops and we experience valleys. We rejoice and then we also mourn. We weep and we laugh. That's all part of being a family. Amen? Every family goes through that, including your forever family. As we begin our 21 days of concentration, I want us to share, I want to share with you the direction uh, over the next three weeks that God has laid on my heart. We're going to focus on three words. Three words, that's what we're going to focus on. And this is going to lead us into the fourth week where we will begin our journey as a church family through 2023. The next three weeks is a time where we will put church on hold. And this is a very biblical concept. Psalms 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. There comes a time it's good to hit the pause button. Amen? And just listen. Amen. Listen to what the Lord is saying. Uh, Psalms 27, 14 says, Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. In other words, uh, during these next three weeks, we're waiting upon the Lord. We're not just standing still and, and wanting to hear Him. We're, we're waiting upon the Lord. God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find myself in a place, and I'm going to put myself... Uh, Habakkuk said it this way. He says, I'm going to station myself on the ramparts, and I'm going to wait to hear what He says to me. I want to hear the voice of God in 2023. I, I don't want to hear anybody else's voice this year. I really don't. I long to hear the voice of the Lord in my life. And so sometimes we have to slow the noise. We have to slow life in order to do that. We need to know that He is God, of the God of, of, of the past journeys, the present journeys, and the future journeys that we're going to take. He is God of all those things in our life, past, present, and future. Over the next three weeks, we're going to take courage and draw uh, strength for what we need for this journey that is ahead of us in 2023. I want to declare to you this morning some things by the power of the Spirit of Jesus in me this morning. And I, I'm going to tell you this is coming out of my prayer time, but I'm going to declare some things of you of what I do believe. And remember, I, it, it, when I say believe, that's not hope or speculate. That means I'm solid in the promises of God. Anybody else believe in God this year? If not, amen, you're believing God. You're not just hoping and speculating, but you're trusting in the promises of God as yes and amen. If you didn't get that, go back, watch that series. You need to understand what it means to believe. We need to know that God is going to be with us, and we need to believe. And here's some things I want to declare to you by the power of the Lord this morning, by the Spirit of the Lord. I believe 2023 will be a year of healing of the body, the mind, and the spirit. He's going to restore us this year. Amen. How many believes that this morning? He's going to be healing in our bodies, our minds, and our spirit. There's going to be restoration of health and finances and most, uh, most of all, our passion for serving God. If we're not careful, we'll see Matthew 24 take place in our lives today because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. It's time for us to light the fire and burn away that cold wax and let our passion for God be ignited in 2023. If you need a passion for God, this is your year. This is your year of awakening.
Amen. I also believe it's going to be a return of prodigal sons and daughters. If you agree with that by faith, say amen. Amen. The breaking of addiction on every level, from the shopaholic to the alcoholic, from the porn addict to the drug addict. God's going to set the captive free this year. God's going to set people in. Oh, my goodness. I'm going to preach this morning. Is that all right? God's going to set people free this year. I declare that in the name of Jesus. Salvation to all people in our community and throughout this world. We're going to see a year of building the spiritual house at harvest as well as a physical house in the name of Jesus. Fasten your seatbelts, church. It's time for the ride of your life. God's fixing to do amazing things, and it starts today. Oh, my goodness. It starts today. And if you're doubting that, guess what? You better be careful because you'll be eating the dust. Because God is fixing to do some great things. I'm going to tell you what I believe God's tired of is faithless people. Amen? And I'm talking to myself. Faithless people that know the promises of God but don't believe the promises of God. Oh, my goodness. Know the promises of God but don't really believe the promises of God. Today we're talking about a journey. My goodness. We're talking about the joy of our journey. And in the joy of the journey, in order to have it and maintain it, there are three words uh, that, that God has led me to share with you over the next three weeks. And we're going to focus on one today. But here are the three words. So I'm going to give you a spoiler. We're going to talk about discovery. Everybody say discovery. Acknowledgement. Repentance. See, it gets quiet when you get to the last one. Let's do it again. Say discovery, acknowledgement, and repentance. Those are the three words we're going to focus on over the next three weeks. We're going to focus on the first word today, and that word is simply discovery. Our anchor verse for this morning, verses this morning, is found in Psalms 139, verses 23 and 24, which says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous, or that word can also translate wicked, way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Over the past years, uh, we have looked at a number of different aspects of prayer. I've taught on it in my class on Wednesday nights. I've preached about it here, about different uh, areas of prayer and how we need to pray. Prayer is communication with God. Prayer is critical for a move of God. You can wish it, will it, and want it all you want. But I'm going to tell you the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, the Bible says what? It avails much. It has victory in our lives. I'm going to tell you right now, uh, uh, you know what? We got one of ours that's fixing to face the surgery and then she is done but she is she's finished her last treatment hope God's fixing to do some amazing things amen some amazing things that he's already done but he's not through yet he's not through yet and so we, we we're going to see God do those things in other words we need to understand that prayer is critical in order for a move of God I don't believe we'd have got the reports we got without prayer Amen. Without somebody praying, without somebody saying, okay, God, you see your daughter, we're asking for healing in her body. We're asking for a move of your spirit in her. Something to me when they type a cancer, they say, well, you know, what stage is your cancer? Zero. It's there, but you know what? It's just, we caught it so early. Oh, my goodness. You don't think that was the hand of God? You don't think that was the mercy of God? You don't think that was the power of God? You better think again, my friend. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Listen to her testimony. She'll share with you that she just don't do doctors. <laughs> but she did. And God was leading her because he has a purpose in her life and in her family. Amen. I believe that. 
I believe that. Most of us prefer safe prayers, however. Anybody like those safe prayers? I'm going to give you examples of those safe prayers. God bless us. Anybody say God bless us today? Come on. You got, God bless us. How about God help us? Man, I start my day with that. <laughs> or my, I don't know if it's the body pain or what. God help us. You know, help me get up <laughs> so I can get going. How about God protect us? God do this, God do that. We keep it safe and we play it safe. But I'm going to challenge you in 2023, if you really want to see a move of God, you've got to be willing to take on some dangerous prayers. You've got to be willing to pray some dangerous things, some risky things, if you want to see God move in your family this year. You've got to be willing to do that. Now listen carefully. Those are not bad prayers. I'm not scolding you for those prayers. I pray them almost every single day over my family and over my life and over our church. They're good prayers, but they're also very safe prayers because for the most part, and this is critical, it allows us to keep our distance from God. We keep God in a nice, safe place. In other words, if you think about it, the children of Israel journeyed into the wilderness to meet with God, and instead of meeting, when, they, when God finally spoke to them from the mountain, it terrified them. It scared them so bad, they said, we don't want him to ever speak to us like that again. So Moses, you go talk to him, and then you can tell us, we would rather get our information secondhand than to hear him speak. That's how terrifying it was. And so a lot of times our safe prayers keeps God at a distance. Now, I want you to understand this is critical. And being at a distance from God is what is allowing the church to drift out of the will and the purpose of what God has in mind. In other words, let's talk about what distance means. Having distance, have, uh, Now, a few years ago, many years ago, I, 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 as a matter of fact, I was reminiscing, showing some pictures to somebody about, um, some of the places I'd been in the world. And one of the most beautiful places I ever got to travel was Santorini Island in the Greek Isles. That was, I got to spend a week there, and it's just a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, and if you've ever seen the picturesque uh, 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 pictures of the, uh, of the buildings with the blue domes, that is Santorini Island. And Santorini Island is built uh, around a vol volcano, and it has black sand beaches, and it has water so crystal clear you can look at it, and you think you're in about three feet of water, and it can be like 75 to 200 feet deep. It is amazing clarity in the water. And so the water's very calm, and so it's great for scuba diving. It's great for for uh, snorkeling, and, and so uh, one day I decided I, 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 we would go snorkeling, so we snorkeled, and I know y'all find that hard to believe as much as I'm anti-beach, but, but uh, there it's 120 degrees, so buddy, you go to any kind of cool you can get. So, uh, so we were snorkeling, so we had some rafts, and we got up on the rafts, and I fell asleep on the raft, and the water was very, very calm. And then when I woke up, I looked around, and I got startled because I didn't see, I, I didn't know where I was. Have you ever done that? Have you ever been on, it fell asleep on a, it, it, you can do it in your swimming pool. You, you know, you, you go to sleep and then all of a sudden you're on the other end of the pool and you're disoriented a little bit. You see, that drift is subtle. That's, uh, that, that, that drift happens without notice. And I'm afraid if we're not careful, we will drift from the presence of God without even noticing it until we wake up one day and we realize I am distant from him. It's not that God walked away, it's that we walked away. It's not that God left us, it's that we left him. And we didn't 
didn't do it on purpose. It comes through those, those times of praying safe prayers and getting caught in a religious mindset where I'm marking off my list that will please him and get God to do what he's supposed to do. And what I realize is I'm keeping God in a safe place. But I'm here to tell you our God is a, is a mighty God. He is a God that is amazing and full of wonders and full of glory and power. And we need to get a hold of that this year. We need to be speechless before him at times in our prayer life. We need to be able to approach him with boldness, as the Scripture says, but a humble heart realizing who we're praying to. Oh, my goodness. A God that could wrap all of creation in the palm of his hand and drop it in his eye and it wouldn't even make him blink is a God that invites us to have communion and presence with him. Now, if we're not careful, we'll drift. We'll drift and not detect how far we've, we've went away. If we're not careful, we'll drift from the presence and the direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And maybe that has taken place. I want to tell you how I've summed up 2020. 2020 was not a, was, should have been a call to, to arms for the body of Christ. It should have been a great awakening in this world. But instead of it being a great awakening, it was a drift. We drifted. Some drew closer, but as a whole, the body of Christ drifted, and it drifted into a mindset, if we can just retain normal, if we can just get back, instead of seeking the face of God, we sought to binge watch series on Netflix and just get by till this thing was over and we could get life back to normal. I've got news for you. This seeking for normal is what has caused us to drift away from the presence of God because we're praying some very safe prayers and God is inviting you to pray a very dangerous prayer and that dangerous prayer that I'm going to talk about that discovery prayer is found in Psalms 139 again search me O God and know my heart let's take the very first part part of that prayer search me O God and know my heart this should terrify you this should terrify me this should terrify David you see many wonder why would God ask or why would David ask God to search his heart when he already knew his heart and actually we need to understand this that without Christ we don't have a good heart how many of you uh, realize that it is sometimes we struggle and today we struggle with 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 the fact that we feel like we're okay in other words we're good but but you see David was going through a time where his his friends and his enemies were accusing him of wrongdoing so he said you know what instead of going to battle I'm going to go to God and I'm going to just say this, God, search my heart. Search my heart because I need to know if there's something that, they, that is valid in what they're saying, truthful in what they're saying. So we need to understand that without Christ, nobody has a good heart. We often make the statement about people. How many have made this? I do. Oh, they have a good heart. Even people that don't serve the Lord will say, oh, they have a good heart. And actually, Jeremiah 17 and 9, here's just some verses of Scripture, or verse of Scripture, says, the heart is deceitful above all things. It didn't say some things. He said all things. The heart is deceitful and desperately sick or wicked. Who can understand it? That's pretty condemning if you ask me. That explains a lot. It doesn't give us a license to sin, but it helps us to understand that our hearts are wicked and incurable unless we know Christ. Christ is the cure for the incurable in our lives. Christ is the cure for sin. Not good deeds, not being kind. I, I, I 
appreciate what they are trying to accomplish with that, but sinners can be kind and still go to hell. It takes a transformed life and a transformed heart, and that only comes through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If we want to be different, we've got to have Jesus in our life because our hearts are desperately wicked and deceitful. They'll mislead us every time. Let me ask you this. How many thought, wow, that's a good, that's a good catch. Come on. You out there dating anybody and that's a good catch and you ended up with spoiled fish. <laughs> you better know the heart of God. <laughs> you better know the heart of God. In other words, that's pretty condemning, and it explains a lot. It doesn't give us a license to sin, but it does help us to understand that we need to have our hearts searched, not once, not twice, but on a daily basis. We, are easily, we easily deceive others, and most often, the person we deceive the most is ourselves. For example, here are some dangerous questions. How many of you have ever told a lie? Come on now, I want some truth here. How many of you have told a lie, let me finish the question, since you got saved? Come on, since you got saved, nobody told a lie. Y'all holy. Some of y'all so holy. Come on, how many's told a lie since they got saved? All right, okay, all right. Ain't none of you husbands looked and said, no, that dress don't make you look fat. Makes you look good. Well, I understand you're not wanting the judgment from that, but I'm just saying, if you're not careful, we'll deceive ourselves. In other words, listen very carefully because I, I want you to hear what we're saying. We're all guilty and none of us are innocent because the Bible says, for all have sinned, come short of the glory of God. That's why we need Jesus, amen? That's why he came because he said, you can't fix you. I can't fix me. Oh my goodness. Somebody said, so are you perfect now? I'm a glorious mess being redeemed every day. Amen? Being changed every day by Jesus. You see, we lie to ourselves and when we're in the midst of sin, we tell ourselves it's not so bad. Everyone else is doing it. Nobody will know, uh, know I did it. I can stop after one drink. I'm, I'm not full of pride. I'm, I'm just better than everyone else. Hmm. I don't lust. I appreciate God's creation. That's a good one. I'm not lusting. I'm appreciating God's creation. I got news for you. Okay, I'm going to preach that another day. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not materialistic. I just like nice things. I don't gossip. I just pass on prayer requests. Oh, come on now. Let me tell y'all what happened. And y'all need to pray for them careful about that above all things the heart is deceitful so when we pray to God and say search me oh God and know my heart that's very dangerous why because he already knows my heart what I'm actually saying is reveal it to me show me God show me what's in me David is asking God to examine him, to test him, to try him. And while you're at it, God, know my anxious thoughts. Oh, my goodness. Know my anxious thoughts. How many of us are really willing to say to God and have him open us up and really reveal what's in our hearts today and over the next week? Because that's what we're going to focus on is discovery. What is it that makes you anxious and afraid? I'm not talking about spiders. 
not talking about snakes, not talking about, you know, dark rooms. What makes you anxious? What really gets you anxious and afraid? Anxious about your job, that it won't be there. Anxious of not getting married at a certain age. Anxious of being stuck in a, in a not-so-good marriage. Anxious about your future. Anxious you're not going to succeed. Anxious about your health. Anxious about losing someone. Why would we say, God, show me my anxious thoughts? I think it's because of this, and you can write this down if you're a note-taker. What we fear the most might reveal what we, do, we trust God the least in. What we fear the most might be what we least trust God with in our lives. If I'm afraid of something, maybe that's because I'm not trusting God the way he declares for me to trust him. Amen. If I'm scared to death, my marriage isn't going to work. I'm not trusting God with my marriage. Come on, church. If I'm afraid I can't pay my bills, I'm not trusting God to be my provider. I'm afraid, if, if I'm afraid I will fail at school or at my job, I'm not trusting that God is going to give me the strength, the anointing, and the know-how to do what I need to do. What you fear the most reveals what you trust God the least with. David now gets into the third part of his prayer. And in verse 24, and see if there be any grievous way in me. That's a nice way, but another translation puts it this way. See if there be any wicked way in me. None of us want to see wickedness in our life. None of us want to see evil in our hearts. But I'm here to tell you, if we're not careful, we will disguise it because the heart is desperately what? wicked and what deceitful it will mislead you how many of you have ever trusted your heart for something and your heart got broke you know why your heart got broke because it deceived you and it's wicked amen it takes a redeemed life depending on the bible you use it can say wicked and it can say offensive so you get what David is asking God. God, while you, I'm at it, while I'm being really vulnerable and transparent with you, check it out and see if there's anything in me that is offensive to you. See if there's anything in me that is wicked. See if there's anything in my life that is sinful that needs to be put under the blood of Jesus. Why? Because I want God's presence in my life this year. And you know what? God and sin can't dwell in the same place. That's why Jesus washes us clean and sanctifies our heart so that we might enter into the presence of God. Why? Because he wants us in his presence. He wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us. But I'm here to tell you, when I don't use the, you know, when I don't use what he's provided to cleanse my life, then it's then he has every right to shun me. When I don't apply the blood to my life, when he says, if you'll ask, it'll be forgiven. And I say, no, I'm good. And I allow my heart to deceive me. I wonder why I'm not hearing God the way others hear God. How many want to ask that prayer? Search me. See if there's anything wicked in my heart. I don't see a lot of hands. That's a tough prayer. That's a dangerous prayer. I told you it's not going to be safe prayers. That type of prayer takes so much courage. It takes so much trust in God. It's trusting that God really does love me and is not going to shoot lightning bolts at me. 
It's trusting that he is going to forgive me and he's not going to cast me away. It's trusting that when he said, if I ask, I will be forgiven in Jesus' name, that he truly will forgive me of those things that are transgressed. I've transgressed against him. When I say, search me, Lord, drag out of my life any wicked thing that is in our way, is in my way of seeing you move in my life in 2023. What's holding us back sometimes is just simply a discovery of something maybe we are not willing to acknowledge or we don't even know is there. Sometimes we don't recognize things, and that's why the Holy Spirit convicts us of them. Sometimes we don't realize there's pride in our life. Sometimes we don't realize there's hatred in our heart. Come on. You ever had anybody point out hatred to you and you not realize that until they pointed it out? Because you're talking about something and they go, well, you must hate that person. Well, I don't hate them. You ever talk to somebody and then be talking about something and in your mind you're hearing, I hate them. You see, God knows that. God sees that. And sometimes I'm deceiving myself and I need God to reveal to me that it's there so that it can go under the blood because I don't want anything hindering a move of God this year in my life. Have you ever noticed it's really difficult to see our own sins? It's easy to point out everybody else's. <laughs> it's, have you ever noticed that? That we tend uh, to accuse others and then we accuse ourselves least of all? In other words, I want you to understand, we, we use phrases like, don't judge me. The Bible says, judge not lest you be judged. And really we get that all wrong and that's a sermon for another day. We, we really don't preach that scripture correctly or share that scripture correctly. We deflect because we're afraid that if people discover what's wrong in our life, that it will bring consequences we don't want. So we point out others' imperfections. Because if I can get you focused on them, maybe you won't be looking at me. Or if I can focus on them, maybe I won't look at me. Come on, church. If we're going to see God move, it's time to get real with God. And that means we need to take off the... Uh, uh, Candace Nelson used to come to this church years ago, and she did a youth lesson for us. And I'll never forget it because we were kind of mentoring her. And she gave everybody a set of, of swimming goggles, and she called them God goggles. It was a great lesson. She said, are you living your life with God goggles on? God goggles allow you to see things that you can't see without them. It reveals what's underneath the surface. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What's underneath the surface can be revealed to us, and you can be afraid of it or you can embrace it because I'm here to tell you, you can take this Jesus that I serve to the darkest part of your life, and he will go with you right to it, and he will look at it, and he will look at you, and he will say, forgiven. Oh, my goodness. He will say cleansed. He will, if you will invite him in, he will do the rest. But you got to be willing to discover it. you got to be willing to have it revealed to you. And if you're not willing to take that journey, then you might just be missing out on the miracles that God wants to do that are beyond your belief. I don't know about you. I don't want to read about the book of Acts. I want to experience it. Amen? 
Who wants to experience miracles this year? How many need to experience a miracle this year? This is your opportunity to say, that's me right now. God, here I am. I need a miracle this year. How many want to experience a revival like you've just read about? This is how it begins. Discovery. Discovery. Let's wrap this up. The heart is deceitful above all things, and most of all, it lies. It lies to, it lies to us. It, it tricks us into thinking, oh, I'm okay. That's why David said, I know my heart can be wicked, so search it, God. Reveal to me the things that are in my life that are not like. Test me. Know my anxious thoughts, what I'm truly anxious about. And ultimately, this should lead, uh, lead to our need for Jesus. It reminds us of how much we need his grace and his mercy that he offers to us. God's grace means I receive what I don't deserve. Mercy is I don't receive what I deserve. Amen? That he gives to me those things that, that, that I, I shouldn't get. We need to learn to depend on Jesus. You say, I won't admit it, but I have an addiction issue. Embrace his power to overcome your addiction this year. Embrace Jesus to break that bondage in your life. I'm full of pride. You need his power to be humbled by his spirit and depend on him. I've got lust in my heart. I've got an issue with that. You need his truth to renew your mind and transform your heart. I I'm materialistic and greedy. I, lo I love things of this world. You need to fall in love with Jesus so much that this world is no longer your home, but your home is somewhere else. That's what the early church did. They were so in love with Jesus. They referred to themselves as strangers and aliens in this world. I'm here to tell you the church has to lose its affection with this world if it wants to see revival, if it wants to see the moving of God, God's spirit. We've got to be less like this world and more like Jesus. Finally, David ends his prayer with this, and lead me in the way everlasting. Will you stand? Lead me in the way everlasting. When you show me what, I've done, what I don't like about myself, show me what needs to be changed, Lord. You lead me. Lead me in the everlasting way, God's way. In other words, help me to not just acknowledge it, but to change it by your power. His power, his strength, his courage, his hope, his grace tells me one of those and more which will not be endure forever. In other words, those things of the world will pass away by the power of Jesus. In other words, his way is everlasting. When you pray this prayer, it will show your need. It will show you your need. And you take that need directly to Jesus. And you let Christ meet the need and change your life. It's dangerous. Discovery. Anybody ever done something they did not want discovered? I ain't talking about hiding a body in the woods. I'm talking, you know. <laughs> if that's you, we need to talk. Anybody ever told a lie and they wanted to keep it hid? Anybody ever told a lie so much and hid it for so long that once it finally came out, even though you were caught, there was a relief? that you didn't have to play the game no more. You didn't have to play the charade. There were consequences, but you almost welcomed the consequences because it's like, I couldn't keep this up anymore. 
It's just too, it's too much. There's things that we need to discover this week as we enter our days of consecration. Search me, oh God. What a dangerous prayer. Show me, reveal to me. But I want you to understand something. He's not going to reveal something that he's not ready to forgive. He's not going to help you discover things that he's not ready to help you change. I'm not talking about you grabbing hold of something and you saying, you know what, I'll change that, God. God says, well, if you could have changed it, you already would. And what I showed you this for is to tell you, invite me into that. Invite me into that. If you're struggling with some stuff, part of healing is accountability. Find you someone to be accountable to. Find you somebody that you can verbally confess that to. But you just don't know, I won't tell nobody about that. I'll just tell God and we'll take care of it. There is power when you take something that has been buried in darkness and in secrecy and you drag it into the glorious light of Jesus. It loses its power. It loses it. It loses its hold on you. Seek an elder. I want to be clear with that. And I'm going to just say this. Men need to seek out another man. Women need to seek out another woman. When we're dealing with that stuff, that's what we need to do. We need to, we need to, to do the correct way in that. There's some godly people in this house that will gladly help you and pray for you and help bear that burden this year. Seek them out. Discovery. If we're truly going to see God fulfill his prophetic word in this church, and in this world, we must be willing to allow the Holy Spirit to help us discover. Discover what we have justified in our minds that's not justified with God. Amen? I'm really good at convincing myself that that's okay. Anybody else? It's not. Somebody asked me, said, well, why is the Bible the Bible? The Bible's the Bible because it's not biased towards anybody in this room, including me. It will tell every one of us the same thing. And if it is wrong for you, it's wrong for me, and it's wrong for everybody else. He does not make exceptions. That's why God knew we needed it. Because if it was left up to the preachers in this world, you could search it. And I'm going to tell you, you can do that right now. You can go, and if you look hard enough, you will find a preacher somewhere in this world that will look at you and say, oh, don't worry about that. Boys will be boys and girls will be girls. God knows that. He understands that. Don't you think there's grace for that? No, grace means that I can be forgiven and set free from that. Grace says I don't have to live that way anymore. Grace says that can change in my life. So my invitation is simply this. Who's ready to pray a dangerous prayer this first day of the year? To rediscover the joy of the journey, we've got to cut the tethers that are holding us back. And one of those is we've got to discover some things.
Well, I don't see anything in my life that's not where it needs to be. Have you asked God to show you that? Have you asked God to reveal to you those things? I want us right now in this room to to just bow our heads, close our eyes. Watching at home, bow your heads, close your eyes. Nobody looking around. Please respect what God's doing in this room. But I want some honesty this morning. God wants some honesty this morning because he already knows the answer before you even respond. But if there's some of us that were saying, you know what, I'm willing to pray this prayer of discovery. I'm willing to say, God, search me. Search my heart. Show me, Lord, the things that are not like you. Show me, reveal to me, God, if there's evil in my life, wickedness in my life. Lord, show me the things that, Lord, maybe I've excused in my life. Lord, I'm willing, God, for you to reveal things to me. If that's you, I want you just to raise your hand real quickly and put it right back down. Come on, come on, come on. There's others in this room. You, you're, you're willing to have God do that in your life this week. This week, I'm going to have, I'm going to start my, my fast. I'm going to start my consecration by saying, God, search me. Search my heart. Search me, oh God, and show me, reveal me. Is there anybody else? Come on, it's not too late. There's others. Raise your hand real quickly. Come on, it takes that physical representation of a spiritual decision sometimes. Now, I'm going to ask you to do this. Those who are feeling led to pray, I want you to begin to come right now. Uh, uh, let's fill this front up. Let's fill this front up with people right now that want to pray. Come on, there's, there's people all over this room. You're ready. We would like to thank you for joining us for our weekly podcast. We pray that you receive something from the Lord today. Please share your prayer requests and testimonies with us by emailing us at tryonhwc at gmail.com. If you would like more information concerning Harvest Worship Center, you can visit our website at tryonhwc.com. We would love for you to visit us in person sometime. Our services are held at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. Children's worship is during our 11 a.m. service. If you would like to give to the ministries of Harvest Worship Center, you can also do this by clicking the Giving tab online. Once again, we would like to thank you for joining us today, and we pray you have a blessed week.